love, I am nothing. And if I give my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burnt, and do not have love, it profiteth me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous and does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not easily provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's where we'll stop our reading this morning. Most of us are familiar with the verses found in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. But how many of us are familiar with the context in which those verses come to us? For in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, we read these words. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In the midst of living in a world that's filled with unkindness, rudeness, and harshness, you be kind. May, may truth and kindness never leave you. Charles Bridges, in his commentary on the book of Proverbs, writes about the reality that kindness and truth are. He says this, the glorious perfections of God always in combined exercise for His people. Kindness and truth are the glorious perfections of God always in combined exercise for His people. He then goes on and writes these words, while we rest upon them for salvation, let us copy them in our profession. We rest on them for our salvation. Let us copy them in our profession. Let then our Father's image be manifested in us. Kindness and truth. As we come this morning to consider this second description of love that Paul gives to us, he says this, love is kind. In the original, this is a verb and not a noun. In fact, it's the only time that the word kind or kindness is used as a verb in the New Testament. 
The noun and adjective are used several times throughout the New Testament, but only here does the Apostle Paul use it as a verb. And, and the verb conveys the idea of being, behaving, or acting kindly. We could, we could say this way, love shows kindness. The genuine mark of love is kindness. Or we could say this, kindness is the attitude of the heart that results in action. Kindness is an attitude of the heart that results in action. We, we, we considered together a couple weeks ago the reality that love is patient. Now we're told that love is kind. And these two characteristics, patience and kindness, are foundational to all the other behaviors described in this passage. When our lives are marked by patience and kindness, then we will not brag, we will not be arrogant, we will not act unbecomingly, and so forth. If patience and kindness are missing in our lives, then we ought not to be surprised when we become braggarts and arrogant and unbecoming and seek our own things. Th these two characteristics are, are the master key to open up this whole area of love towards one another. And so this morning we, we come to consider the area of being kind. Jerry Bridges defines kindness as a sincere desire for the happiness of others. A, a sincere desire for the happiness of others. Pastor MacArthur says, long-suffering endures the injuries of others and kindness pays them back only with good deeds. He goes on to say, long-suffering says, I'll take anything from my enemies. And kindness says, I'll give anything to my enemies to meet their needs. Patience says, I I'll be long-suffering with anything I have to deal with. Kindness says, I'll give anything for someone's good that I possibly can. And so this morning, as we open up this whole area of kindness, it is not, again, as I said two weeks ago, it is, it is not my purpose to make you bow your head in, in shame, or it's not my purpose to discourage you. I, I trust 
that our time together will only encourage us to, to be a people who, whose lives are marked by kindness, being kind. And so as we open this up this morning, we do so under three simple heads. First of all, I want to speak about the meaning of the word kind. Secondly, we will consider the model of kind. And finally, the message from kindness. First of all, the meaning. Now, the term kind means to be generous, thoughtful, beneficial, gracious, useful, well-disposed to serve others. Right? Those, those are some of the thoughts or synonyms that deal with, with kindness. Mr. Vine in his dictionary says, it means goodness of heart, pleasant, gracious, Robertson identifies this word as meaning gentle in behavior. It's the opposite of being harsh, uncaring, abrasive, rude, bombastic. The idea is that the kind person is disposed to be useful and helpful, even seeking out the needs of other people in order to selfishly meet those needs without the expectation of being repaid in any way. Kindness is, is seeking to help others, to be beneficial to others. Kindness is an action that sees a need and, if possible, seeks to meet that need, to be helpful and useful without expecting anything in return. Kindness does not have an attitude that says this, what's in it for me? Have we ever felt that way? What, what am I going to get out of this? What have they ever done for me? Where were they when I needed help? Where were they when, when I was in need of something? Why should I be useful to them? They've never been useful for me. And we see this attitude. Often with those we ought to be the closest to. Don't we often find it easier to be kind to strangers 
than we do to family members? Don't we often find it easier to be kind to people we don't know than we are to people within our own community of believers? Do you know how many times, of course you don't, do you know how many times I've heard a wife say, my husband is so much nicer to other people than he is to me. I've, I've had more people come up and tell me, what a wonderful husband I have. You must be the luckiest woman in the world. He's so nice and kind and polite. And then you have to pick her up off the floor as she says, my husband? That's often the way it is. And even within the church, it's true as well. You're you're made aware of some need and there may be an attitude, well, you know, they weren't there to help me. They weren't, I'm not going to get anything out of this except I'm going to lose time and energy. To be kind is to be gracious and generous and and, and useful and beneficial and gracious to others who perhaps don't deserve it. But you still show them kindness. That's the meaning of the word kind. But now then, secondly, notice with me the model. The model. As we come to consider this behavior called kindness, where do our thoughts go immediately? Who can can serve as an example of kindness to the undeserved? (laughs) Well, I trust most of you have thought, oh, there's one. It's God Himself. God Himself. The noun for the word kind in the Word of God is often, most often, used in reference to God and of Christ. So this term is often used to point us to God's kindness to us through Jesus Christ. God's kindness is His loving heart moved toward the undeserving and to take action. God's kindness is His loving heart moved toward the undeserving to take action. It's the heart of God moved into action. God's patience makes Him long-suffering. 
His kindness is what moves him to action, which is for our good, though we are so undeserving. I want you to notice, we're just going to have a sampling of verses where God's kindness is set before us. Look at Luke 6. Luke 6, verse 35. Luke 6 and verse 35. Here we're admonished. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be the sons of the Most High for He Himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. How, how amazing is that? Love your enemies. Do good. Lend without expecting nothing in return. And in doing so, you'll be the sons of the Most High who Himself was kind to ungrateful. God is kind to ungrateful and evil men. God is kind to those who this morning gave no thought of Him. God is kind to those who, who woke up this morning giving no thought that God ought to be worshipped and, and that we should gather with God's people to worship Him. God is still kind to them. They're enjoying the same sun that we're enjoying. God is kind to them, giving them the ability to work in order to have a roof over their heads. God is kind. God was kind to me when I was so undeserving. I lived in hostility against Him. And He was kind to me to open my blind eyes. He's a kind God to people who do not deserve it. Another verse of Scripture, Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. We read these words. Or do you think lightly of the riches of His kindness and tolerance and patience? not knowing that the kindness of God leads to repentance. Here's an individual. He looks very moral. He looks like a good person. You see him on the street. Ah, there's something good about that man. He's delighting in good things that he possesses. He enjoys many things in this world. He has a good job. He has a wonderful family. A lovely home. Things are going well for him. The thought is, God can't be upset with me. Look at how well things are going. I'm happy. I'm living the life. And he's right. God has been kind to him. Why? Why do you enjoy all these things? 
Paul tells us his kindness is to lead men to repentance. It's to lead them to repentance. But, but he has despised God's kindness. He, he's taken it lightly. Instead of turning to God, he hardens his heart. Look at what God has given you, and, and yet you give no thought of God. You've despised it. My friend, it ought to lead you to repentance. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7. What a wonderful verse. So that in the ages to come, He might show the surpassing riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Did you ever wonder what you're going to be doing for eternity? Can you even comprehend how long eternity is? And here, Paul tells us that it is in eternity that the riches of God's kindness will be exhibited forever and ever. In other words, throughout eternity, when we've been there 10,000 years, you know what we're doing? Rejoicing and praising God for His kindness. Being in His presence, enjoying all the glories of being in His presence is only because of God's kindness. You don't belong there. You don't deserve there. You're only there because of God's kindness. And from what Paul writes to us here, you'll never get over that. Oftentimes when somebody's been kind to us, we remember it for a day or two and then we forget about it. Yesterday when my, when my, well, my wife went to the ladies' Bible study, so I was just home alone, so you know, I went out and got me a donut. So I told her, I knew my wife would be coming home, so I got more than one donut, all right? But as the lady was getting the donuts that I wanted out, the other lady had this bag and she handed it to the lady waiting on me and says, give that to him. And she looked, what? Just give it to him and tell him to have a good day. So I walked out of there with half a dozen donuts and a sack with donuts. And it was, it was interesting because I'm thinking to myself, well, Love is kind. I don't know anything about that lady. And I don't know why she chose me to give me that sack. Right? But how kind. But if you ask me about that because of my age and so forth, in a couple of years, I'll probably have forgotten about that occasion. Paul says, in all eternity, we'll never lose the wonder of of God's kindness as, as we stand in His presence. 
Titus chapter 3 and verse 4. Titus chapter 3 and verse 4. But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared. What is this kindness that appeared? What's, what's that all about? Well, it's God sent forth His Son made of a woman made under the law. Jesus is the kindness of God on display. Jesus is the kindness of God on display. God so loved the world, what? That He gave His only begotten Son. Love given to action. He gave His Son. Love moved to action. Jesus Christ is God's demonstration of kindness to an undeserving people. Paul tells us in Romans, it's while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I hate to tell you this, but God didn't look down on any of you and think to Himself, you know what? They deserve My Son. There's just something about them that I like. And I'm willing, I mean, they're such, they're such wonderful people. I'm going to give my, no, no. It's while we were enemies, while we were ungodly, while we were unrighteous, while we were at enmity with God, God sent His Son. That's kindness displayed to undeserving. And so this is a sampling of Scriptures that tell us that, that God and our Savior are very kind to us. And even as believers, God, God is so kind to us every day. Often such kindness directed toward us may never be noticed. We, we don't always know that what has happened is happened because of God's kindness towards us. Here's a man that, that, that's wanting a promotion on his job and, and he's denied that promotion and his first thought was, wow, that's unfair. I, I, I deserve that promotion. And who knows that that, what, that wasn't an act of God's kindness towards you to keep you from things you ought not to have been a part of. How many times have we all gotten on our automobiles and drove someplace and got home and didn't, this, I mean, I don't do it, but do we ever think, wow, you know, I made it to there and back without a single incident because of God's kindness? 
And even sometimes, I had to learn this back in the old days when we drove cars that weren't always reliable. Sometimes we have a breakdown because of God's kindness that we don't even know about. I've told you the trip to to South Carolina we took many years ago. Uh, I did everything right. I took my van to the shop before we left. I had them check everything over. We took out. We got to some place in Tennessee. The car stops. And I find out I've got a, 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 a fuel pump that has gone out. So I've got to have it towed, and then I've got to have it fixed. And, and then we got on the road again, and we get finally welcome to South Carolina, and all of a sudden, check engine light comes on. We pull into a rest area, and <sighs> I had to have it towed. They weren't going to tow it. They said, sorry, you've been towed once today. And I tell the motor club, listen, my car's on the side of the road. I need towed. And they towed it. And I'm standing, my, my, I put my family in a motel by this time, and I'm standing there in the, in the shop with the mechanic, and he's sort of looking at things and checking things out, and, he, and we start talking, and I'll never forget, he, big old mechanic grease all over his hands and face and everything else, and he says to me, i got some bad news today. What's that? I found out I have cancer. It's inoperable. The next thing I know, the mechanic's got big old tears in his eyes, and he's scared, scared of dying. And I had the opportunity of sharing the gospel with him. So what I thought was just a bad piece of bad luck breaking down twice, getting there at that time, and in the garage at that time, was even a kindness of God. God has been so kind to us. Hasn't He? So what's the message? What's the message? Well, if we're going to love as we ought. And it was only in God's providence this morning we read from John chapter 15 about love, loving one another as we ought. Then what ought to mark our lives is kindness. A graciousness. A a usefulness. Even towards those who may, we may never get anything in return. Kindness is a divine work of grace in us that, that moves us to action. It is a fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. Kindness. 
kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Every genuine believer who God has been pleased to do a work of grace in their lives through His Son, Jesus Christ, should have lives that are marked by what? Kindness. And if you, you, you say to me, well, Pastor, that, that's not my disposition. i got to tell you. It's, it's not the way I operate. Well, you know what the grace of God does? The grace of God causes us to operate in ways in which we don't naturally operate. That's what we looked at Wednesday night. The grace of God teaches us how to live godly and righteously. The grace of God teaches us to deny sinful things. So, the grace of God is a divine work of God in our hearts. And if we're void of kindness, then one ought to step back and say, do I know something of the grace of God in my life? If I can mistreat my wife, if I can mistreat my parents, if I can mistreat my siblings, if I'm unkind to them, has there really been a, a work of grace in my heart and life? Because naturally, that's what we are. Naturally, we are harsh. Naturally, we are selfish. Naturally, we want our way. Don't we? Or am I the only one? And so recognize that kindness is a divine work of God in our hearts and lives. But secondly, notice kindness is something you're commanded to do. To be kind. You're commanded to be kind. Kind. Paul exhorts the church at Ephesus, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And with that exhortation, he says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. And if you read over there in Ephesians 4, he, he sort of set before us, some of the categories that are opposite to kindness, which includes bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander. He says, put these things away. <clears throat> but be kind to one another. Can you imagine how much better this world would be if, it, if, if people would just be kind to each other? Can you imagine how much brighter our lives would shine as Christians if we would just be kind to others? I've seen, and I, I've probably been guilty, too many Christians who can come so harsh and unloving and rude and unkind. 
Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, and forgiving each other. So in Ephesians, he tells us to put off anger and wrath and clamor and slander. And here in Colossians, he tells them to put on hearts of compassion and kindness and humility. And so this is a call for each one of us to take an interest in others and to their well-being. And do this out of a heart of love. If you have trouble with being kind, you need to ask God to help you love others. And love Him. Because even in Colossians 3, when He tells us, as those chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of kindness. He says in verse 14, beyond all these, put on love. That's where it starts. It starts with loving others. How can, how, how can we as Christians be unkind when we've experienced such kindness from Almighty God? How do we do that? I know, how, I know it's our flesh. I, I know what it is. But does it make sense? Someone shows you such kindness and then you're rude or harsh or unkind to others? You, you, you profess to be a Christian. You profess to know God's grace and kindness towards you. And yet you can still talk to your husband as though he was of no value to you? How, how do we do that? So we need to pray that God would help us to love so that we would be kind. We must choose to be kind. Jonathan Edwards says the proper evidence of wishing good to another is doing good to another. We're to be kind. Out of genuine love. Not be offensive. Not be harsh. Not be rude. Perhaps you're here this morning and you've despised the kindness of God. God has been very good to you. I mean, as far as I can tell, as I look out this morning, everyone I'm looking at looks like they, they had their dinner and supper and breakfast and lunch yesterday. As, as far as I know, every one of you got here, not by walking, but an automobile that, that at least was good enough to get you here. Some of you that said here, God's been very good to you. He's given you parents that, that love you and desire to see you instructed in the things of God. 
And though you may not always like it, what a kind gift God has given to you. And yet you still won't bow your knee to God. You've taken the kindness of God lightly. God forbid that you leave here again despising the kindness of God, but would even today bow your knee to Him. And may God help those of us who profess to know Him to have lives that are marked by kindness. In closing, let me just give you another quote by Jerry Bridges. This comes from the Practice of Godliness book that he wrote. There's a chapter on kindness and goodness. But he says, The person who has grown in the grace of kindness has expanded his thinking outside of himself and his own interest and has developed a genuine interest in the happiness and well-being of those around him. Well, may we, by God's grace, grow in the grace of kindness to His glory and honor. Let's pray. Our Father in Heaven, we, we stand amazed at Your kindness towards us. When we were so unlovely, we were ungodly, we were Your enemies. And yet You saw who we were and what we are and knew that the only solution that would bring reconciliation between us and You was to be found in a righteousness not our own. And therefore, You sent Your Son that we might, through faith, be clothed in His righteousness. We were so undeserving. And yet, You showed us kindness. And therefore, Father, we would pray that You would forgive us for not showing kindness as well. For in doing so, we would certainly bear Your image. And so help us to grow in this grace. And may, and may we desire to show kindness, not, not for anything in return except that our God be glorified. Work in our hearts to that end. And how we would pray this morning for those who week after week take lightly the kindness of God. May today be the day of salvation. May, may the day they awaken to the fact that You've been so good to them and they need to turn away from their sins and put their faith and trust in You. So, so by Your Spirit, do a work that only You can do and therefore receive all the glory and the honor. And so, Father, we pray that we would take heed to these things. And we ask these things in Your Son's name alone. Amen.
Well, in closing, take your Trinity hymn books. Your Trinity hymn books, 537, 537. What shall I render to my God for all the kindness shown? My feet shall visit thine abode. My song address thy throne. 537. Let's stand together as we sing.